Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. opponent preview series continues we head to lexington kentucky to talk about the wildcats and who better to help us break down uk football than nick roush of kentucky sports radio nick appreciate you taking the time my friend it is a pleasure to have you on i'm happy to be on the spurs up show i've uh 
I've seen many a takes about the Kentucky Wildcats on this show before, so I'm ready to unleash my own South Carolina takes. I hope your fans are ready for it. Absolutely, Nick. We'll get there in a second. Let's first, though, talk UK. And before we look at this year, let's look back at the 2022 season because I think, by all accounts, a season that was a a bit of a disappointment for Big Blue. When you factor in the guys you had returning, led by Will Levis, who, of course, is now in the NFL, Seven and six, three and five in SEC play. You end the season with a loss in the Music City Bowl to Iowa, 21 to nothing. Just talk about the 2022 season that was and maybe what went wrong, what went right for Kentucky uh, last year. Things kind of got sideways before the year even started. Um, Liam Cohen had that train rocking and rolling, 10 wins at Iowa, and then the Rams came calling, and he couldn't, he couldn't not take that call. So Kentucky was scrambling, looking for an offensive coordinator in late January, early February, and they tried to keep the continuity there by hiring an NFL guy in Rich Scangarella. And it was great in theory, but NFL guys only work if they're able to adapt to the college game, and that was his problem throughout the season, uh, is trying to adapt and adjust. And Kentucky had a lot of holes to fill on that offensive line, and they were moving guys around, and uh, eventually they just they, they couldn't adjust. They couldn't adjust. Rich Gangarello struggled to adjust. He took away Will Levis. He said, we're going to make you a pocket passer. That's one of the better part of, parts of his game is his running ability. That combination of him stuck in the pocket while the offensive line is a mess, he gets hurt, and then it's a nightmare. Uh, they were a top-ten team in the country, lost at Ole Miss, uh, had every chance to win. Levis is forced to sit out the South Carolina game. They lose that at home, and then things got haywire. So um, as bad as it got, you still had a seven-win season, which for Kentucky fans of my age, right, that was the Rich Brooks high watermark. So Mark Stoops has raised the bar, uh, but last season was still short of expectations in Lexington. And they were so short that luckily – uh, Kentucky moved on and they were able to bring Cohen back. So optimism is back at uh, not an all-time high, but folks feel pretty good about where the program is entering the 2023 season. And Nick, speaking on Mark Stoops, you know, first thing, side note, I thought it was interesting. He was asked about Liam Cohen and the change at OC and kind of like, hey, was there a moment that you knew that you needed to ditch what you were doing and, and get Liam back or change OCs? And he all but said it at SEC Media Days that, yeah, yeah, th there was a moment that I knew, and there was a moment <laughs> that I knew we had to get Liam back, right? That's one of the reasons for optimism going into this season. But speaking specifically, Nick, on Mark Stoops heading into his 11th season, what's what's the overall vibe and mood in Big Blue Nation around their head coach? Because I, I look at Stoops from afar, and I know there's some out there that will claim that he's a average head coach. I know you know who I'm speaking on, you know, with yeah, yeah. the battles and the fights on, on social media. Everybody's got their own opinions, but – He's changed Kentucky football. I mean, like you mentioned, seven wins is no longer good enough. This is a program fighting for eight wins, nine wins, vying for finishing second in the SEC East, trying to climb that ladder like everybody else in the middle of the pack in the SEC East. But the overall vibe and mood around Mark Stoops as he enters now his 11th season in Lexington. We're, we're at a weird point where um, I know last offseason, the whole basketball football school thing, that was, that was the offseason talking point around here. And – Surprisingly, there was a you, you wouldn't expect that much football support, but right now Stoops probably has the highest approval rating on campus of any of the AD head basketball coach, head football coach, and that's that's even after uh, struggling last year. And it, I think it's just because the way that he 
uh, his, his mentality, like when things are wrong, uh, you know, he might make you wait a little bit longer after they lose to Vandy at home to show up to his press conference, but he'll say like, this isn't good enough. We have to change. I'm, I'm wondering, I know that moment was definitely the moment for Rich Scangarello, uh, for a lot of fans. I'm wondering if Stoops had one before that, but the way that he uh, seems to hold himself accountable and, and really speaks to the kind of blue collar mentality that a lot of, that a lot of Kentucky fans can relate to. That was his talking point at SEC media days is we got to get back to being a blue collar football program. Uh, fans love it. Uh, they just want to see a little bit more winning. I don't think any of us ever anticipated that Kentucky could keep up in the SEC by playing hard-nosed defensive football and winning up front in the trenches. But he's instilled a lot of pride uh, within the state. And uh, as you, we said earlier, like it's it's year 11. I, I can't believe we're at this point right now. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem like there there appears to be an end in sight because the Big Blue Nation loves their head coach. Now, Nick, as we look at this year's team, let's start on the offensive side of the football. Of course, Nick, the big headliner is that Liam Cohen does return as the offensive coordinator after just a one-year stint in the NFL. And you look at some of the best offenses in school history when the offense was really humming. You mentioned it was Cohen at the helm. You also pick up NC State transfer quarterback Devin Leary, which a guy that you know I'm not sure Nick is really being talked about enough. Uh, you address needs at running back in the transfer portal. You lose Chris Rodriguez, but you pick up Ray Davis from Bandy, who was a thousand yard rusher, and Demi Sumo Cargan Bay from NC State to boost that room. Also, of course, I was able to ask Mark Stoops this at SEC Media Days, but the wide receiver room, arguably the best they've ever had under his tutelage. Barry and Brown, Dane Key lead that group, two fantastic players on the outside. Also, you look at the tight ends, Jordan Dingle, Josh Caddis lead a deep group there, and all five starters do return. From that offensive line that struggled a season ago, but you boosted it as well in the portal, adding transfers, Marquez Knox from Northern Illinois, Cortland Ford from Southern Cal, and Tanner Bowles from Alabama. So, Nick, when you look at this offense in 2023, what are you expecting? I would assume that Big Blue Nation is expecting a big turnaround from what they saw a season ago. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and a lot of it is um... – you know, Liam Cohen's farther along now than he was when he came to Kentucky the first time. He had to he had to know what it's like to call plays at the Power 5 level. Uh, now he has that experience under his belt. He's seen success, so he knows what works uh, against certain defenses, how to adjust accordingly from week to week, and, and most importantly, how these kids can take in that information, process it, and move forward. And I think the biggest – I think the most uh, – encouraging sign and the biggest reason for optimism is that 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 keyword processing how will levis that was his big struggle as a quarterback he was a slow processor that was probably his biggest knock in the nfl draft that might be devin leary's greatest strength along with accuracy so you got a guy who can make quick decisions who can get the ball out in time with a coordinator who knows how to scheme stuff up the last time he was in lexington he had two pass catchers he had Wondell Robinson who broke a bunch of air raid records at UK and Josh Ali who's you know fighting to be on the the Atlanta Falcons active roster right now in training camp so he had two guys two quality guys but one one main breadwinner now he's got a diversity of weapons because they're three or four tight ends deep they're two or three receivers four receivers deep of where, where defenses aren't going to be forced just to hone in on one guy the biggest difference I think that you're going to see in this Kentucky team is Instead of the run setting up the pass, it might be a little bit of the other way around. Whereas instead of a 60-40 run, run pass, it might be flipped. B, 
because that's just where your strength are. Your strength is in your pass catchers. I asked Stoops this. I mean, he said, we're not completely abandoning the run. That's how the Rams system works, that Cohen runs, like, right? You got to run play action. You got to set that uh, You got to set that up and, and, and run the ball every once in a while. But that's where Leary's bread and butter is, is getting the ball, letting his guys go make play. So uh, that, that part is going to take some time to adjust to. And not only does their personnel dictate it in their playmakers, but the new guys they picked up at tackle, Ford and Cox, uh, their strengths are in pass pro. So if you give him a little bit of time to cook back there, they might be cooking with grease this fall at Kroger Field. Nick, really quickly, Devin Leary, I know, battled injury last year. He is 100% going into fall camp. Is that correct? I know there were questions about his status maybe in the spring. Yeah, he's good to go. We were worried he wouldn't be able to be active for spring practice. But after knocking some rust off, he's, he should be 100% good to go uh, in time for the season. Gotcha. Well, Nick, as we move to the defensive side, this really puts it in perspective just how good they've been under Mark Stoops on the defensive side of the football. They fielded a top 25 defense four of the last five seasons. And when you have Brad White, of course, your defensive coordinator, that goes a long way as well. You return Deion Walker, a freshman All-American, and Octavius Oxendine to lead the interior defensive line. Trayvon Ripka returns on the edge as well. Uh, linebacker, a question mark as Trevin Wallace and Eric Jackson look to fill the void of the departed uh, Jaquez Jones and DeAndre Square. You've got Jordan Lovett as your lone returning player in the secondary, but you have a bunch of transfer portal additions in guys such as cornerback J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati, cornerback Jansen Dunn from Ohio State, and on the defensive front, nose guard Keyshawn Silver coming in from North Carolina. Mark's, big old boy. Yeah, big dude. Mark <laughs> Stoops, though, Nick, preached physicality at SEC Media Days, and that's not just on the offensive side of the football, the defensive side as well. But defense wasn't the problem last year, but you do have some big names, of course, some some big shoes to fill, especially that linebacker spot. What are you expecting from the Wildcats defense? I'll ask you this. Do they, for the fifth time in the last six seasons, finish in the top 25 defensively? I, I would be disappointed if they didn't. Uh, because of that front seven and how big and how physical they can roll out if silver hits I, you know you never know with some of these transfer portal guys but if he hits their smallest guy on their front three in this three four could be six four three hundred pounds I mean they are as big it's it's the kind of Chris I remember going I watched Georgia when they had no Sean Moreno and I think Aaron Murray back in 04 and I remember going down to the field before the game and this dude has a club cast on his arm and I'm just staring at the Georgia football players and like they're, they're they're playing a different sport right well Kentucky has dudes up front that can play that can stop the run Wallace and Jackson are new guys quote-unquote they started 16 of the possible 26 starts last year because the other guys were hurt they've got a ton of experience this run defense JJ Weaver on the edge he's a great edge setter in the run game his run defense is should be the best it's been in the Mark Stoops era. Now, how they're not in the top 25 is if they ball in the passing game because the last time they replaced two corners, they got picked on, and they're replacing two corners this year. Um, now, there's a little bit of uh, – Andrew Phillips has been around for a while. He's expected to play one of those spots. Ideally, he could slide down to nickel in pass situations, and you've got a transfer out there that can hold down the four. But that is a very, very important – it's it's the most important position uh, competition in fall camp is getting that cornerback position right because cover three, you, you can hide a lot of stuff with cover three and some talented safeties who have played a lot of football. But – you you can still you can still get exposed out there, right? Like so, 
the the Tennessee Tennessee has been the ultimate litmus test. They've just crushed those guys out there on those islands with those really wide splits. It's a long way away, but like that's the kind of game in this league where you cannot get exposed, and uh, that's really going to tell the story of the UK defense this year is how well those cornerbacks come along in the preseason and through that kind of slow start where they open up the season with a bunch of kind of weak non-conference opponents. Don't get a true test until Vandy in week four. Now, Nick, let's move to special teams because that was a problem area for Ooh. Kentucky a season ago. You've got special teams coordinator Jay Bullware. Uh, Chance Poor takes over at kicker. Wilson Berry takes over the punting duties. But, I mean, like we just mentioned, snaps, holes, they were a consistent problem a season ago. I'm sure you saw this, Nick, but I think it was on, I think, Monday of SEC Media Days. They had the rules guy in there talking about new rules, and they mentioned the – the uh, the roughing the punter uh, rule in the game I think against Missouri something like that but it was just an example of like a snap over the head and you're like man special teams was rough last year uh, Barry and Brown though on the bright spot does serve as a dynamic return yeah. man. but yeah. I mean what are you expecting from Kentucky special teams I think the goal obviously just has to be it doesn't have to be great but it can't lose you ball games oh man it is the opposite of Beamer ball it was it was losing <laughs> Kentucky football games and they got bailed out in that Missouri game by a bad snap. Uh, because of that little technicality of the rule. Um, and as Stoop said, it's time to make the routine the routine. And whew, it was not routine whatsoever. So they actually had, um, like some of those guys you mentioned, moved up. But he hired Jay Bowler, uh, from who had experience with his brother Bob at Oklahoma, was obviously at Texas as well. Um, but he just said, hey, Jay, come here and fix this. We'll get you. We'll give you scholarships to use. Just do whatever you got to do. And they added like five new guys. They got a new snapper. They got a new kicker from Georgia Southern, Alex Rayner. Um, they got. I mean, they got new everybody. And so, really, that 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 is the emphasis this year. Is hey, don't get field goals blocked. Don't get punts blocked. Just just do the basic ordinary stuff. They're getting rid of the Aussie style uh, way of punting as well. But. Uh, it, it was one of those things where there for a while, Chris, it was, I wouldn't say necessarily strength, but they had a Ray Guy winner. They had an all SEC place kicker in Austin McGinnis. They had some good things going for him. It went completely off the rails last year and it has to get back to normal this year where it's not costing yards because Baron Brown is a dynamic return man. He returned one kick for a touchdown last year. He had another one called back. He tripped over his own guy's feet and another one. There's another special teams miscue, right? So, um, uh, there's potential there if they get it fixed. Mark Stoops, he invested a lot of resources to make it happen. They got to get it done this fall. 12 starters return, Nick, for this Kentucky football team. Seven on the offensive side, five on the defensive side. And Kentucky, of course, like we mentioned, looking for that big turnaround from a season ago. You look at this 2023 schedule. You open up with Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, at Vandy. Things set up pretty well to, I think, start 4-0. Then you have Florida at home. Then that big game to kick off October at Georgia. Then you have Missouri, Tennessee, at Mississippi State, Alabama, which is going to be a fun home date for sure. At We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. South Carolina, which we'll get we'll get into more in just a second, and then at Louisville to close out the season. Nick, how do you feel that 2023 schedule shapes up and how does it set up for the Wildcats to have that turnaround season all in blue, big blue nation are looking for it, it, it a lot of it comes down to if you're an optimist or a pessimist but in a sense the early runway I I, I love the SoCon Saturday right you love getting a break <laughs> sometimes later on in the year just to just to catch a breather you know like hey you can take a game off right we guys big guys on the inside take a take a week off um, we'll beat up on an FCS opponent so we can get ready for Alabama, but they don't, they don't get any of those later on in the schedule. However, getting the early runway to get Cohen's feet underneath him, get Leary cooking, get his relationship that, that, that chemistry developed. I think that's important. It's important for that quarterback position as well to make sure they know who they can trust out there by week four, that Florida game can be really important. And I, I ideally it, it's not, uh, unrealistic, and I think a lot of people would predict that Kentucky six and one hosts in Tennessee um, in October. Mm. Is that asking a lot? Yeah, yeah, but that's that. All that means is you won at Vandy, you beat Florida at home, you took care of business. So if they get to there, the best thing the Cats have going for them is the depth on the defensive line and the depth in the running back room and those pass catchers. Because guys, guys get hurt; they're going to get injured, but. There's a scenario where the guy who's RB3 or RB4 on the depth chart, like Demi Simba Carmbe or Ray Davis or not, not, not Ray Davis, but like uh, Jamarion Wilcox was a huge blue chip recruiting win. There's a scenario where one of those guys is just for lack of a better term is a badass by November that he's, he's got enough left in the tank. The other guys get beat up early and they could still be productive in November in that tough stretch of the schedule. Um, same thing on that defensive line where they're two or three deep. Guy gets banged up here and there. They're not necessarily missing a ton. Now, of course, you don't want to lose your star power, but uh, if they can have some of those guys left with a little bit reserves there, that's when uh, that, that difficult game, like South Carolina at South Carolina, moving that game to November, that's going to be a true test to their depth uh, because you know that that's going to be a, a dogfight uh, down there in Columbia at williams Bryce Stadium. Now, Nick, speaking specifically on that game, and again, you and I sort of had this convo off air, but I want to I bring this to the forefront before we dive into the actual on-field X's and O's, what have you. Mm -hmm. South Carolina beats Kentucky last year in Lexington, first time in a decade the Gamecocks have won there. 
You look at the recent trends, recent history. South Carolina, while they lead the overall record, the overall series, Kentucky's won seven of the last nine in this series. We had a very similar conversation with our friends from Mizzou last week in the sense of, and I'll tell you right now, Nick, fair, unfair, I'm simply just the messenger. Gamecock fans look at Kentucky football as lesser. They look at Kentucky football as along with Vandy. This should be a chalked-up W every year. Kentucky's not a football school. They're a basketball school. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, I haven't seen it specifically, but I saw a Gamecock fan tweet this about Missouri. I've heard this about Missouri. I'm sure the same is felt about Kentucky. Gamecock fans feel, no matter if Kentucky wins the game, South Carolina is better. It's a game South Carolina shouldn't lose. They should win every single year. You heard, we we talked about this. You heard Stephen Garcia on our airwaves last year talk about how porous the atmosphere is at Kroger Field. I say all that not to piss you off. I'm just curious to hear the Kentucky perspective on the South Carolina-Kentucky game because the way I view it is a coin flip, a toss-up game. And when I try to convey that to Gamecock Nation, they do not receive it well. I'm curious, what is the feeling from Kentucky Nation, yourself, on South Carolina's program, and more importantly, the series between the Wildcats and the Gamecocks? Well, I think I I can pinpoint some of the – you can bring a lot of the South Carolina entitlement back to Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier. You got two national championship winning head coaches. You're going to feel good about your program, especially when Spurrier really got rocking and rolling. You had the three uh, 10-win seasons in a row. And and that's where a lot of the disdain for South Carolina starts. We were dealing with Spurrier for a long time. And it was to to finally it, – it, it, was, it was one of the demons they had to exercise was beating Spurrier. But ever since they got him that second time, they forced Spurrier in earlier retirement. He, didn't, he wasn't ready to hang him up at the end of the year, but when he was losing at Kentucky again, it it made him think about where he was going. I love that Kentucky fans, there's there's it, they seem to take their cues from Mark Stoops too because Mark Stoops, he's got his own personal resentment towards South Carolina head coaches. Him and Will Muschamp had very similar resumes, but he didn't get the same treatment from the re- media that Will Muschamp did, Right. And he had similar results, maybe even better results. He won the head-to-head matchup against Muschamp more times than not, and that's the part that kills Kentucky fans. It's, all right, y'all were good 15 years ago, but look where we are now. Look where both teams are right now. And it's been, if not an even playing field, Kentucky's been better the last seven, eight, nine years, especially on the head-to-head front. And it is, we joke, South Carolina, they're the off-season champions every year. I don't know what it is that uh, gets everybody in the media to drink the Kool-Aid, whether it's Will Muschamp passing it out or Shane Beamer. Everybody falls in love with them every season. And now we're at a point, and here's something scary for South Carolina fans they don't want to hear. You're in a situation that Kentucky was in last year. Dow Loggins is your Rich Gangarello, okay? You get this this NFL guy who's been shaky through times of time, doesn't – He's, he's had some good quarterbacks, but they haven't been very good when he was there. Now there's a bunch of question marks on the offensive line. You've got this quarterback who's supposed to be really good. A lot of people hate him, though. But he should play in the NFL, but a lot of people don't like him. This could be a year very similar to the one that Kentucky had last year where they fall fat on their fa- faces. But I, I just I don't think that 
South Carolina fans are rooted in reality. They're rooted. They're still, it's instead of feeling like 98 for Vol fans, it's 2010 and Kentucky fans resent the hell out of it. And every time both teams meet on the field, it's nasty. You can feel it. I love the rivalry that's developed. And last year, Beamer, he's throwing more gas on the fire, uh, wearing the sunglasses, taking that loss. I know that Kentucky's going to be ready when they travel to williams Bryce Stadium in November. Nick, do you think there's a real beef between Mark Stoops and Shane Beamer? I actually asked, I forget the offensive lineman that Kentucky brought to SEC Media Days, but, you know, I asked him about the game and kind of in a roundabout way, just asked, hey, like, what do you think about Shane Beamer, Mark Stoops? Is there some extra juice in that game? But I'll ask you, and, you know, he answered the question very professionally, as, you know, you'd expect, hey, we're just two teams fighting to get a win. What would you say? I mean, is there real is there real beef between these guys? So uh, I'll give you the Mark Stoops answer. He always says, it's an SEC East game. Every one of those is important. We have to win. And, and part of it, I mean, Kentucky's success under Stoops is beating South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Missouri regularly. They've got five-game winning streaks under all of them during his tenure. I want to say there's something like 16 and four in those games in the last eight years. You have to have a good season. You have to win those games. Like, there's, there's no way around it. But there is extra juice. There's no denying it. And – I think some of that comes with the atmosphere in that game. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Williams Bryce is one of the most fun places to watch a game in the SEC. That place, I mean, Sandstorm, hate it or love it, it's awesome. That place gets to rocking. And I think a lot of that juice comes from that was where Kentucky got their first road win in the SEC in something like four or five years. And to go in there and do that, I think a lot of it is just the nature of that game and its importance to year by year. But there is a little bit of a, you know, one to throw a little bit extra in there because Beamer is the antithesis of Stoops, right? When it comes to, I mean, it's not just they have different upbringings. They both have the the last names that carry a lot of weight in this sport. But Beamer's the guy who, you know, he'll go on all the podcasts. He'll do all the interviews. He'll do the, the gimmicks with the videos. He'll be Michael Scott. Um, he does all of that. Stoops is just the exact, he's no nonsense, right? Like, he might, you know, crack a joke here or there, but he's all ball. He's just a ball coach. And and so that that's where I think their their clash in personalities weeds it adds a little bit more. It does. There's there's no denying it. Um and, and I think to to do so would be foolish. Mark Stoops, he wants to beat the hell out of Shane Beamer. Do we see sunglasses pulled out from either side, you think, at this year's game? Oh man, I hope so. Like we need, I need, I need, I need sunglasses in the handshake line too, where the state troopers have to separate them afterwards. I need it. I need it. Jeez. Well, Nick, you look at the game. Let's talk about the actual game. Just your, your brief. We got a long way to go before that game, you know, mm-hmm. takes place. And these two teams will, you know, we'll know who they are by that point, but just the overall outlook. I mean, you mentioned the, the challenges of playing at Williams Bryce stadium. I think it'll be a matchup. It should be against, you know, two pretty solid quarterbacks with Devin Leary, Spencer Rattler. I think, Line of scrimmage, yet again, is going yeah. to be the – I mean, that's – when I look at it, Nick, and the reason I think Kentucky was beating Carolina like a rented mule for so many years was they were just the more physical football team. I mean, bottom line, and that's what Stoops preached, and S- South Carolina has had their issues in the trenches, and that could be a problem yet again. So I look at that as a key anytime you play Kentucky, the play of Spencer Rattler. Again, if that game's at night at Willie B, I think things change, but just – just overall thoughts on that game. And I'll say this, the importance of it for Kentucky. I and mean, again, it's your second to last game, your final conference. Yeah. And I think it's certainly one that, you know, for the Wildcats and I think the Gamecocks, because this follows before and, you know, both schools have an ACC rival. This follows right, right. both. You guys go to Louisville 
Gamecocks take on Clemson. It's a big game and a big way to close out SEC play. No, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, and especially when you think of the the bars, right, in your mind where you're like, well, we're at least a seven-win team or an eight-win team as a fan. That's, that's kind of the mode you go through. This feels like a game that to, to get to eight wins at Kentucky, which feels like the four, you need to take care of business at South Carolina. So I um, – I really think that the big advantage that Kentucky would have in this game is South Carolina's running game. I just don't know if it's going to be anything right after you lost Marshawn Lloyd and you're, there's so many moving parts on that offensive line that Kentucky's size in the trenches really forcing obvious passing situations. If you can at least have your secondary, even if there is some weakness at the cornerback position and they at least kind of know what's coming to them for the lack of better term, that, that that helps so much. So I I think being able to stop the run uh, against a not very good running game uh, from South Carolina, Kentucky should have a big leg up there. Um, but a, a lot of it, I think, is going to come to how much do they have in the tank because the week before, I want to say, is Alabama, and then two weeks before that, Tennessee. So like, or maybe Missouri, but like that that is a very difficult stretch. How healthy are they? Um, what's Devin Leary like? Because I mean, if you made me handicap the, the game at the same time last year, I would have said, well, with Will Levis, it's going to be hard to beat that guy. And Lexington, well, he didn't even play. And they were down 7 nothing before the game even started. So, um, but, I, but I do like just from on paper up front, Kentucky's defense in the trenches versus South Carolina's offense in the trenches. It's going to be hard for them to get two or three yards at a time, um, especially on those hard-to-get yards. Um, but elsewhere, like South Carolina's secondary does give me a little bit of like they can neutralize some of that firepower. And if you look at the series as of late, it's been a lower scoring affair uh, for the most part. So you're going to have a limited possession game. I'm fascinated too, Chris, um, just how these games go early on with the new clock rules. How fast are they? I don't think it's going to be like the baseball pitch clock, but in uh, the way that Stoops likes to play in limited possessions, I certainly think that uh, games like this are, are going to be much tighter uh, just because that clock's going to be rolling. Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio does a fantastic job talking all things Wildcats and SEC football. Nick, let everybody know where they can find your work. At Roush KSR, R-O-U-S-H, KSR on Twitter is where you can tweet all of your hate at me after see, <laughs> just please bring it on. Love getting it back and forth with Gamecock fans. Uh, but we're also on the Kentucky Sports Radio YouTube channel. Got a lot of live shows uh, Monday and Wednesday evenings, and I, I do – do a tons of stuff. So if you if you need a platform for UK athletics, you need to follow what's the Kentucky guys thinking, uh, feel free to reach out. Don't worry. I won't bite. I'm not too mean, but I will definitely talk trash back to you. And also, I got to give a shout out. Um, is it what, – what's the sandwich shop? Is it uh, Harpo's in uh, Columbia? Groucho's? Groucho's. Yeah. Man. They've saved me many a game day mornings after <laughs> a Friday night at five points. The, the dipping sauce, yeah, killer. Uh, we'll have a good time out in Columbia, especially when Kentucky wins. Andy's Deli, another good one you should check out in five points, my friend. Similar sandwich shop, similar to Groucho's, both very good. Nick Roush, KSR. Nick, let's definitely do it again sometime, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. Definitely. Been a pleasure.